power of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. Just close your eyes and begin to reflect on the week that has just passed and just be grateful to God for his mercies. Just begin to thank him. Bless his holy name. Just reflect on his goodness for just one minute. Songwriter said, Count your blessings and name them one by one. Dimo Sibini Way, Anna see Hallelujah, Anna Jehovah Meliwo, oh Meliwo, ndimo sibini kwe, anasi hallelujah, anasi hallelujah, Jehovah Meliwo, ndimo sibini kwe, anasi
Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless you. We give you glory. We give you praise. We thank you for this gathering. Because it's unto no other name but unto the name of Jesus. If your word says wherever two or three are gathered in your name, you are there in their midst. Holy Spirit, we ask that you shall take absolute control. As I'm about to speak your word, may I not speak of my own accord. And may I speak as you grant me utterance. By virtue of the fact that I'm a blood-born citizen of the kingdom of God, I take authority in the realm of the spirit and I declare a supernatural injunction on any activity of the enemy in this place. We declare this place and the hearts and the minds of the people of God sanctified and be ready for them to have an encounter with their father through the word. Take glory, Father. Take glory, Son. Take glory, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' most excellent name, have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Somebody put your hands together for the Lord and take your seats. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Your amen is as if you are not happy to be in church on Sunday. Hallelujah. Amen. We thank God for a beautiful Sunday like this. Some of you are not smiling at all. Give the Lord a smile offering. A smile offering. Hallelujah. Ask the what has God done to you that you are in this house and you are made your face as hard as a compulsory physics question. Hallelujah. Sunday you should be full of smiles. So. Your frowning is not evidence that you are in the spirit. Even God who is a spirit, he laughs. See the Lord laughing. Hallelujah. <laughs> so what about you? You that you have plenty flesh like that. You should be able to laugh. Hallelujah. Alright. How many of you are ready for the word today? Alright. Today, what I'm going to preach about, just see it as um, your father talking to you through the word. Hallelujah. Aha. Because what I'm going to preach about, it will help you, one, in your relationships with each other. It will help you in your male-female relationships. It will help you also in your marriage. Hallelujah. Aha. It's going to help you. If you take one. The scriptures are going to be alone. In fact, it's the scriptures that will speak to you. So copy them down. And when you go back, go and read on them again and meditate upon them again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Say amen. I want to be sure you are you are ready before I start preaching. Say amen. Alright. Lift up your right hand. Say in the name of Jesus. Say this morning. I declare that my heart is open. Say I declare that my mind is open. Say I declare that my spirit is open to receive the word of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord once again. Alright, so this morning I'm going to preach to you on what I've entitled the contentious spirit. Mm. The contentious spirit. I said it will help you in your relationships with one another, with your brothers and sisters, with your spouses and your spouses to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
some of you, this, me- this message will save your relationship. Some of you, too, it will make your, ma- your marriage better. Hallelujah. Alright. So, when we say contentious, I looked at the dictionary for the definition of the word contentious. Some of you are not excited yet because you don't understand the contentious. So, let me break it down for you to understand the contentious. Alright. It says, exhibiting a wearisome tendency for quarrels and disputes. That is what it means. That's what contentious means. And for me, the the key word in this definition, I'll I'll, I'll take the definition again. It says, exhibiting a wearisome, not worrisome, weary. W-E-A-R-I-S-O-M. Wearisome. And wearisome means causing one to be tired and bored. So exhibiting a wearisome tendency for quarrels and disputes. When you read the deeds of the flesh, I've been dealing with the deeds of the flesh for some time now on our visitation. Those of you who have been sleeping, you don't know what I'm talking about. So at this juncture, uh, you are lost. When you read the deeds of the flesh, let's let's go to NLT, um, Galatians chapter 5. Let's start from verse 19. You've been hearing the scripture for some time now on our visitation. Galatians chapter 5 verse 9. He said, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures. You realize that these ones, I didn't even touch on them when I was talking about the desert. We've had many sermons from JHS. Your JSS times, you know, you've had many sermons on these ones. You know what is right and what is wrong. It's just that sometimes you just refuse to obey. You see, when I preached at midweek on for his name's sake, I made mention of the fact that there are times that for his name's sake, God prevents us from sinning. The Bible says there's no temptation that has overtaken you that is not common unto man. It says for he will, one, he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can take. And for every temptation, there is a door of escape. Every tempt, every single temptation, there is a door of escape. Yes, that sometimes you see the door and decide that I can't see. I refuse to see the door. I shall stay in this temptation and I'll let it overcome me. And after that, the blood of Jesus that I have fetched in a bucket and put in the corner of my room for my personal use, I'll go and fetch some and use it to clean. That's how some people use the blood of Jesus. So it's like, it's in a bucket in the corner of their room, abusing the blood. Sometimes, even before the sin, you have composed your prayer of forgiveness. For forgi- you have composed, you know what you are going to say. You know what scriptures you are going to use. You know what Bible study you are going to take God through. As you are coming to ask him for forgiveness. And Lord, you said, if we sin and we confess, and now I am confessing because I have sinned willfully with my eyes wide open. You are faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. I am he who forgives your transgressions for my name's sake and I do not remember them anymore. Lord, you said it, you said it, you said it. So this one, please, 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 please. Sometimes you even add please. It's like it's my right. You have to forget it. Behave as if it never happened. But tomorrow, by the grace of God, if I get the chance, I shall do it again. The grace of God. 
May God have mercy on us. If God should reveal some of the prayers some people pray, we'll be shocked and surprised. <laughs> so I didn't go into those ones at all. Let's move to the 20. It says idolatry, sorcery, which is witchcraft. So during that, I talked about idolatry, things that can be idols in your life. I talked about witchcraft. I talked about this, the fleshly aspect of witchcraft, which involves things like what? Manipulation. It's generally about control, manipulation, intimidation, etc. All right. Hostility, quarreling. I talked about jealousy and envy. And I gave you the difference between jealousy and envy. That people use them interchangeably, but they are not the same. When we talk about jealousy, the subject of your jealousy is something that belongs to you already. So you are jealous about your husband. You are jealous about your boyfriend. Your husband-to-be, your wife-to-be. When his WhatsApp rings, K -K -K -no, hey, who is he? <laughs> you know the number of messages they get from every one of their contacts. Oh, but, but two weeks ago, she sent you a message. How do you know? <laughs> your eagle eyes. <laughs> Sometimes your jealousy can rather destroy the relationship. Yeah. You have become a monitoring spirit, familiar spirit. We need the nature everywhere he goes. Like that. You destroy the, the relationship, you destroy the marriage. Hallelujah. Yeah. Envy, with envy, the subject of your envy is something that doesn't belong to you, something somebody has. So that's the difference between jealousy and envy. You are jealous for what you have and you are trying to protect. But envy, somebody has the thing. And you are looking at the thing with some IB. Hey, this thing it should have been me. I was here before he came. How come he has gotten this promotion? Etc. That is envy. Selfish ambition. I talked about selfish ambition. Dissension, division. So today, my focus is more on the quarreling, anger, dissension, division. And I've put all together into the title, The Contentious Spirit. Hallelujah. Yeah. The contentious spirit. As I said, this one, it will help you. So open your ears and listen. If at a point I am throwing some daggers and some pierces you, just take it like an injection in the nurse's treatment room. Hallelujah. It's painful. But you receive it with gladness. Receive it with joy. Hallelujah. If the word of God is a sword, then it will pierce. Which sword doesn't pierce? Which sword doesn't cut? Allow it to cut you small. Tell the person as well, allow the word to cut you a little. And some of the things, I'm going to be very straightforward. I'm going to be very blunt. I'm going to be very... So, let me apologize before I start saying the things. Because I'm going to be very straight. There are times Jesus in his preaching was very straight with some things. Hallelujah. Oh, no, no. You have not done anything to me. I am helping you. Why are you apologizing to me for helping you? <laughs> now, some of the things have been very raw. So, I've apologized ahead. I have said my sebi or whatever. Right from the beginning, it covers 
maybe I should say the same like this. Same, 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 same. Let it cover everything that I'm going to say today. Hallelujah. Alright. So, <laughs> if they say somebody is contentious, it means you are exhibiting a wearisome tendency for quarrels and disputes. Can somebody interpret it, translate it into three for me? Anybody? Michael? So you there, your father is a chief, you're a prince. So, you know. <laughs> if you want to say it in Jew, how would you say it? As I said today, I'm talking to you. So, it's, it's a chat. We have it. Mansu Ching. You like to dream, Mansu. All right. Gangali. All right. You see, in the Bible, two scriptures contrast two groups of people. And I pray that in your life, you will not be in one group, but in the other. Hallelujah. Let's read Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. 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 It says, God blesses those who work for peace. The King James will tell you, blessed are the peacemakers. God blesses those who work for peace. For they will be called what? The children of God. That means children of God are supposed to be children of peace. People who work for peace. People who promote peace. Hallelujah. Amen. On the other hand, look at Ephesians chapter 2. Let's start reading from verse 1. Another group of people. And that is where I hope you will not belong to. The first one described the children of God. He said, And you had he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Verse 2. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So we've talked about the children of God being who? Children of peace. And this one is another family and their father is called the prince of the power of the air we are talking about the devil and the bible is calling them the children of disobedience verse 3 is that among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the last of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath see the children of wrath so the children of peace are there and the children of wrath are there. Wrath is anger in Tokwa. There's some three word but it starts with P. I've forgotten it. Some music. That's the word I've been looking for. I've been trying to remember it from morning. No. Somebody has just grabbed it like that. Yeah. Isn't that a word for a quarrelsome, a contentious person. Huh? And somebody has gone to take it upon himself. Oh, no, no, this, you take Facebook and uh, you're insulting people and things like that. Huh? Your names can have an effect on you. It doesn't change anything. It's the same spirit. <laughs> the children of wrath. So there are some people who are just children of wrath. They don't like peace. 
always looking for an opportunity to fight. Looking for an opportunity to quarrel. In history, we've had some children of wrath who caused the world a lot of trouble. One of them was Adolf Hitler. You know, there are some of these people, I believe they were seriously demon-possessed. Somebody like Adolf Hitler, I believe if they had given me an opportunity to lay hands on him, the kind of manifestations you see. Oh, they were demon-possessed. Adolf Hitler had a certain control over the people that was not human. He just decided that he hated the Jews. And he alone presided over the execution of six million of them. What kind of hatred is that? He just got up one day. He said, as for Jews, I'm going to eliminate all of them. His agenda was two. Eliminate the Jews and then the Germans will rule the entire world. In those days, there was a lot of colonialism. Europe was literally controlling the whole world. Because the European countries were the colonial masters of all the other countries. So if you manage to conquer Europe, you've conquered the whole world. And he actually started and nearly succeeded. In fact, we are told it was one intercessor's prayers that changed the course of the Second World War. At the Battle of Dunkirk in Scotland, one man on his knees, he changed the, the course of the war. He nearly succeeded. The prayers caused some confusion in communication. And that was what changed the course of the war. If that communication had gone through, they would have marched against Moscow, the capital of Russia then. And if they had succeeded in taking Moscow, that would have been it. Full of hatred. I watched an old video of Adolf Hitler giving a speech to people. And the way he was talking with so much passion. And something in the video shocked me. While he was talking, he took a step to the right and automatically the whole crowd did the same thing. Later when they interviewed the people, they were like, while he was speaking, he, they felt like he was talking to them one-on-one. -on -one. So it's like I'm talking to you and I've moved here. So you to move and face me well so that I can talk to you. He had a certain charisma that was not human. These are children of wrath. In Africa, we've had some of them. Liberia, Charles Taylor, Fode de Sanko, Sierra Leone. I don't know what spirit can enter people and they are going around people's houses amputating people's arms and legs when you come they'll ask you do you want long sleeve or short sleeve long sleeve that means they'll cut your arm at their wrist short sleeve they'll cut it at their and so Sierra Leone has been left with a lot of amputees just because some people who were children of wrath were on the rampage but on the other hand too we've had peacemakers and the truth is that when we write history, those people's names are at the top. The name Hitler, people don't even, his descendants, they've stopped using the name. Imagine somebody came here and we introduced him and said name Hitler. Hatred, 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 immediately we start hating the person. Their names have been wiped off. But if you mention a name like Nelson Mandela, name could bring the whole world to a standstill it's because he was a man of peace this is a man that the whites in South Africa imprisoned for 27 years it destroyed his marriage it, 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 like it did so many things to him 
I'm told that when he became president of South Africa, there was a day he went to a restaurant with his bodyguards. He used to enter restaurants, like normal restaurants, to go and eat. And seated in the corner was a man, a white man, a white prison officer who used to torture him when he was in prison at uh, Robin Island. The man was sitting there eating. Now the man you were, you were torturing has become president. So he intentionally told the people that oh, he wants to go and sit by him. So the man was sitting there eating and since he raised his head, this was the man. Apparently this man could call him, he could beat him, he could use electricity to shock him like he did a lot of inhuman things to him. And so can I sit down with you? He didn't tell his bodyguards who the, the man was. So they, they were doing their job guarding him. And the man was sweating and shivering. Thinking he was going to reap what he had sold. He sat down. He finished eating the meal with him. And he called the waitress. What is his bill? And he paid for him. And he got up and went. When he became president of South Africa, people expected him to revenge on the white people. Because the white people had done a lot of things. What? When you watch those movies, those apartheid movies, they were in jokes. So. At the peak of the apartheid, some of us were small. And we saw things on TV. To enter a black school and just start spraying people, machine gun, pa, 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 killing people, all sorts of things. So when he became president, people were like, ah, this is the time. We, too, we must show them some more. There's one fast rising South African politician. If that guy ever gets to be president of South Africa, the country will turn upside down. The white people, they should start packing. I don't know where they'll go. Whether they'll go to Europe or Australia or North America. Because we're on Facebook, I don't want to mention his name. But those of you who follow politics, you know, he's a serious radical. I pray he never sits on that throne. And he's first gathering a lot of support among the South Africans because he has a lot of charisma. He doesn't hide. When the queen died and people were paying homage, he said, why should you pay homage to a colonialist? Somebody who colonized Africa? No. We must jubilate that she's dead. That's how radical. These are children of wrath. May he never sit on that throne in Jesus' name. In fact, I should make him a personal prayer topic. If one man's prayer could turn the whole second world war, then one man's prayer can end somebody's political career. Ah, because that guy doesn't have good intentions. In parliament, his party, they are always being escorted out of parliament because they are, they are always fighting. They were red to parliament. Red, red, red with a red beret. Just say, everything has to be fight. Nothing should be done peacefully. May you not be like that in the name of Jesus. So we have people who are peacemakers and we have people who are children of wrath. Always looking for the most radical way to handle things. When we were junior doctors, we had a, a president like that. JDA. Small thing on his aluta strike. Take your time. Everything. No, no, no. We mustn't sit down for them to cheat us. They are cheating us. Well, you are the only one feeling the cheating. You see, people who are like that, and they see cheating in everything. Everything, they feel like they are being scammed. They feel like they are being shortchanged. 
always on alert, ready to fight. Their gloves are constantly tightened, ready to fight. They, they don't even fight with gloves, bare knuckles, raw fighting. I want to give you some characteristics of contentious people. So that if you see yourself inside, start praying and working on yourself. Hallelujah. Because you don't want to be put in that category and be called a child of the prince of the power of the air. And a child of disobedience. And a child of wrath. Hallelujah. Number one. They have anger issues. They have anger issues. The slightest thing, they are angry. And they don't know how to manage their anger well. You see, as for anger, eh, being angry is not the sin. You are allowed to be angry. You Let me show you. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 to 27. It shows you that you are actually allowed to be angry. Let's read it together. Go. Be angry and sin not. Let's stop there. That means you are allowed to be angry, but it comes with terms and conditions. Your anger must be governed by terms and conditions. A lot of you have apps that you have installed on your phone. You never read the terms and conditions. Yes, 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 oh, just agree. 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 <laughs> Somebody did an experiment some time back, some internet something, and people were downloading it. And part of the terms and conditions, he put some very wild clauses there. That the moment you download this app, you give me the right to take all your property. If you have any children, I can take all the children. Blah blah. It was just an experiment. So later they went back to the people. So now can I come for your children? The people didn't read the terms and conditions. And the truth is that the terms and conditions, they are not so too much. It's too long. Very, very little, tiny prints and things like that. Ah, but if you are downloading, be led by the Spirit because you never know what you are signing up to. The Bible is telling us here that be angry. You are allowed to be angry. For some Christians, their favorite part of the Bible, the contentious ones, is when Jesus got angry. And he took the whip and entered the temple. That's the only scripture they know. But when you were saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That one you don't remember. When he said, if somebody slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other. I always say that to be a good Christian means to be a fool sometimes. If you want to be a good Christian, if you want to be a spiritual Christian, living in the spirit means living against the gradient of the flesh you see it's like a gradient sliding down is easy if you want to follow the flesh it's very easy that one you just have to leave yourself you'll just be walking in the flesh if you want to walk in the spirit you have to force and move against the gradient so if Jesus says if somebody slaps you you would expect him to sensibly say that run away if you can run, run away turn away but he says stand there after you have received that hot first one and you know how it feels stand there, close your eyes move your stenocleidomastoid muscle 
turn the other cheek and in anticipation of another bout of pain probably stronger than the first one receive it bam says that's how Christians must behave you look at this one and say no 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 this is foolishness but you see you are walking in what we call the wisdom of the world there's something called the wisdom of the world and as I'm preaching this thing eh, the wisdom of the world will fight against what I'm preaching in your mind but do you know how the Bible describes the wisdom of the world it says the wisdom of the world is foolishness unto God so what you actually think is wisdom is foolishness which kingdom do you belong to is it the kingdom of the world or the kingdom of God in the kingdom of the world it is wise to stand your ground and say in the wisdom of the world you say hey, do you know who I am do you know who I know do you know my connections in the Ghana police Right now we have powerful connections in Ghana police. High ranking. But they're doing their ban on noise making. Nobody should come and attempt to misbehave here. Even if it's IGP we will bring, we have connections to bring IGP. What are you talking about? <laughs> Tight, strong one. But he says stand there and receive another one. Then after that, if you run away, you decide to run away. To be a Christian is hard. Though. To be a Christian is hard. So he said, be ye angry and sin not. So the conditions are number one. Don't let that anger lead you to sin. Sin means you have disobeyed God. So don't let that anger lead you to disobey God. And there are a lot of things God has said we shouldn't do. Hallelujah let not the sun go down upon your wrath that is condition number two that means if you should get angry with me for preaching this thing today by 6pm forgive me and let it pass it's a spark just let it go don't let the sun set upon your anger and those of you who are married this is a commandment from God the same Bible that said do not commit adultery. The same Bible that said be faithful to your wife. The same Bible that said submit to your husband. The same Bible that said love your wives. Said don't let the sun set upon your anger. Why would you treat this one less? You have decided which part of the Bible is important and which one is not. Eh? You are setting your own exam questions. Who be failing? Who be failing? Failure is chasing you. And that is what a lot of us are doing. We are setting our own exam questions. We are deciding for God what is important to him. We have decided that adultery and fornication is only when you go to a room with a woman. He is saying, if you look at a woman lustfully, that is the question he has said. You are setting your own. And you are failing. Don't let the sun set upon your anger. It is the same God. It is the same Holy Spirit that is saying. That 
That means if you keep that anger for more than one day, you are sinning. You are sinning. Whatever it is, let it go. That is what we have been told. Let it go. You will prolong it then. When another matter comes two years after, you refer. Like a research paper reference. Vancouver, a reference. You refer. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll come back to it again. He said, But don't let the sun go down upon your heart. Verse 27. Neither give place to the devil. Another version says, Don't give the devil a foothold. Which version is that one? If you can get that one and project it for us. Some of you, you are praying about a lot of things and you are not getting a breakthrough. I'm telling you today that it could be because of your anger. There's a certain door you are trying to shut to the devil. Uh-huh. Which one is this one? And I've, he said, and do not give the devil a foothold. You know what a foothold is? If somebody is chasing you and you want to run into a stronghold like your house, and you run and you enter, and the person manages to put their foot in the way of the door, until that foot is off, you can never close the door to them. That is what a foothold is. And he's telling us that is what anger does. Prolong anger. There's something you are trying to escape from. And you haven't shut the door fully because of anger. Grudges. Offense. Bitterness. You pray and pray and pray until that foot is out of the way. That door will never be shut. I'm telling you. Sometimes we think we are wiser than God. Eh? He's called the ancient of days. He's seen many, 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 many people like you. With your strengths, your weaknesses, everything. With whom be brave. And the Bible says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word, my word, this word, this word. This Bible has an answer to every question in this world. It's just a matter of the Holy Spirit opening your eyes to see it. Hey, anger, 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 anger. Be angry. you will never be able to shut out of your life if you don't deal with that anger. He said, be angry. But don't let your anger, one, lead you to sin, and then two, do not let the sun set upon your anger. Hallelujah. Let's read Proverbs chapter 19 verse 11. Let's see what the Bible says. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 11. Proverbs 19 11. It says, a man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory to overlook offense. That's what the Bible is saying. You have to learn to overlook offense. It's not everything that you take offense of. It's like every little thing, you offend it. Every little thing, I'm annoyed. Every little thing, I'm hurt. Every little thing, I'm this, this, this. It says, it is to your glory. This one, I'm not the one saying it. This is the word. It is to your glory overlook offense. That means any time you overlook offense in the spirit, it's like a crown of glory has been placed upon your head. A new garment has been placed on you. 
you have you have moved to another level many people have missed opportunities to be promoted in the spirit simply because they decided to take their right to be angry and offended it is your right to but it's to your advantage and your glory if you let go that right I pray that God will give you the grace to walk in this in the name of Jesus offense it will come that's what the bible says offense it will come but it's also it also says woe unto the one through whom it comes so you there you have decided that you are an offender that's your ministry to offend whether you are a leader or you are this or this always you there you want to offend and you don't care whose toes you step on so long as the goal is achieved there are some people for whom the end justifies the means they don't care whose toes they step on they don't care whose feelings they hurt so long as the work is done and they get up and they say it's my choleric nature it is your what nature what happened to the nature of Christ that we are all aspiring to what happened to the fact that we are all being changed from glory to glory into the express image of a son you prefer your identity as a choleric be there there is no temperament that the Holy Spirit cannot work on there's no temperament whether you are choleric and you there you get angry easily and you there you are a goal oriented person so you are not very sensitive you are not sensitive. There's no temperament. Whether you are sanguine and you there, you just talk and everything is very general. There are no specifics in life. Everything is very general. And those people, they hurt people, oh. They talk. When it comes, they say, you are feeling free. So a sanguine who has a friend who is a melancholy, the melancholy will always be offended. Because they, they take note of little, little things. I used to be like that. My temperament is largely melancholic. Those days, I, I used to read things into things. I realized I was getting offended too much by people. Nobody spoke to me. Nobody preached to me like I'm preaching to you today. So thank God that you are hearing this one. and I was like no I can live a happier life why do I have to read things into everything and blah 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 like serious analysis so the conclusion I'll draw from something little eh, you'll be shocked I said like, let me use their brains to do some discoveries and things right? rather than building things that don't exist and linkages that are not there that's how the melancholies are but there's no temperament that cannot be overridden by the spirit of God just allow yourself for the spirit of God to work on you. Just ask for me, dear. This is how I am. That is my nature. That is how I was born. That's how you were born, but now you are born again. So change. Change.
Number two. It is a further expansion on some of the things that I said in the first one. They do not forgive easily. They do not forget easily and they do not let go. That's how contentious people are. So they will tell you, I may forgive you, but for forgetting them. As I did well, they are me. They call heaven crown me who I'm if God too decides that when you get to heaven, he'll start pointing a finger at you. The things that you did that nobody knows about. The ones that are between you, God, and the devil. They don't forgive, they don't forget, and they don't let go. It's like they have built a castle with fortified walls. You know that some people, eh, when they are in a fight with somebody, you can never talk them out of it. Oh, you will talk. You, then, 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 then. Oh, as pastors in the door sometimes, I was called some time ago, it was probably eight years ago, some case be to go and mediate. I regretted going. <laughs> From that time, I advised myself. It's not every referee. I know I could be referee. anger and hatred I thought my presence I realized that I was thinking of myself more highly than I I thought my presence you know you would do so oh I think it was my presence rather that spot the thing you don't know them <laughs> hey Hot argument and nearly turned into blows. What happens like that? All the scriptures that you went with, you swallow them. Didn't you? you said this one, let's hand it over to a higher power to come and solve the matter. Ha! They have built walls around themselves. This one will not let anybody penetrate. And some of you are like that. People will call you, oh, let it go. No, 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 no. Ask for this thing. No, no. Me, never. Ah. They don't forgive. They don't forget. Even if it's six years down the line. One day you are talking, do you remember? That's something that you did. It hurts me. It's really, really hurts me. You are, you are, you just have a contentious spirit. Just have a contentious spirit. Husband and wife, something has happened. You've forgotten. This is, this is years down the line. You are sitting down watching Netflix. Life is nice, and and then you see something in the movie that reminds you of what it did. Hey, do you remember that? Even you, even you, even you. Four years ago, you did the same thing to me. You you have a spirit of contention. You have a contentious spirit. Just let it go. And see, these things that the moment you remember and you meditate upon it, 
You see, sometimes they're remembering, eh, it won't be your fault. The devil will bring it. But it's up to you to cast down the imagination. If you allow it to fester in your mind and you start meditating upon it, you realize that you start feeling the same way you felt as if the thing has been done fresh. And that is what the devil wants. You'll be there jumping. Ha, ha, ha. I got them. You're happy. You are Netflixing. You think life is like that. Fight. Look, a lot of times eh, when married couples are fighting, if God should open your eyes, you see demon. Hey, bono, bono. <laughs> Hit him. <laughs> Insult him. <laughs> That's when they start whispering song. Get up, stand up. Stand up for your right. Hey, get up, stand up. And you are receiving, don't give up the fight. If you give up the fight, you are weak. When two people have had a quarrel, and you are waiting for who will break their eyes, the devil comes. If you text him first, you have lost. How many of you have been there before? May the Lord deliver you from that voice. Be the fool. Be the, the, the peace lover, the peacemaker. That is the higher life. Oh. That is the high, that's the kingdom life. Don't walk with the wisdom of the world. Live the higher life. To the wisdom of the world, that is weakness. But in God, that is strength. To move against the gradient of the flesh. Break the eyes. Sometimes you've had a bad, a bad patch with somebody. You want to, it's like. Sometimes you even miss the person. You wish, oh, things could be as it used to be. And the devil comes, hey, the moment you go and call him, you have lost. That is the wisdom of the world. But we are not of this world. We came to pass through this world. We are just pilgrims passing through this world. We are citizens of heaven. And let's behave like the place we are coming from. Don't hold on to things. Don't hold on to fights. Don't hold on to conflicts. You see, when you are angry for long, the Bible says the one who, who lacks self-control is like a city without walls. And that is what the devil wants. He wants you defenseless. Easy attacks. Look, you can be prayerful and then, then if you don't take care of these little, little things, you will always be losing your battles with the devil. You can pray postgraduate tongues. Read rules of engagement on spiritual warfare. And I deploy. And I assign. And I release. And the blood. And the blah, blah, blah. There's a foothold there. That door will never close. It will never close. Today I'm giving you a key. To solve some of the chronic problems in your life. If you can just kick that foot out of the way. You realize that that problem will be solved. Stop the fighting. Stop the conflicts. It doesn't help anybody. They don't forgive easily. Let's read Proverbs chapter 18 verse 19. There's a certain scripture there. Proverbs chapter 18. We're talking about those who are stubborn when it comes to um, conflict. He said, a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. And contentions are like the bars of a castle. Uh, yours, that is how it is. Bars of a castle. Erected, impenetrable, unbreakable. No amount of talking will, 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 will cause you to back down. 
That's what this one. I can't let it go. It has pained me, pa. It has pained me, pa. It has pained me, pa. You think Jesus things didn't pain him, pa? Simon Peter, you that you are in top three. We are talking about the disciples. Top three. When he's going to inner places to go, transfiguration, Gethsemane, and things. And he told you that you, you are going to betray me. You are going to deny me. He said, me. Lie, lie. Small girl came to stand. Ah, bra Peter. Aren't you bra Peter? The day that he was multiplying the bread, you were sharing. You were one of those who were sharing. Keep quiet. I'll slap you. Keep quiet. You want to pass another corner? The girl came again. No, brah. I think I know you. If you do this in again, fisherman, he showed him biceps. Third time. Deny Jesus. Ah. This thing should have pain Jesus wow. If I were Jesus when I resurrected, there are some few people I have scores to settle with. Oh, I'm telling you, I won't just get ah no 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 no. Pontius Pilate, I'll visit him. Show him. Some of you, your love for revenge. But the Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. You want to take what is God's responsibility in your life. That means the responsibility of protection to take it for yourself. All the other things God does in your life, take it for yourself. If you are going to take the revenge, the response, he has said that vengeance is mine. It is my responsibility. If you want to take that one, then take the other things that he does and see if you will survive. Jesus would have visited ah, me. I would have visited people. Pontius Pilate, I'll show you where power lies. The one who slapped me. Show you where power lies. Those who spat on his face. Hey! You soldier, say I want water. You brought me bitter vinegar to drink. I'll show you something bitter. You, you will see bitterness in life. Simon Peter, the first time they met, that was when they were all in a room and Jesus appeared. The Bible said the doors were closed and he entered. I expected Jesus to call Peter's face. Peter, I told you, you see your life? You see your life that you see that you are not reliable. I told you. I told you you would be you would deny me three times so that Peter will feel guilty. You know, some of us we we enjoy it when we make others feel guilty. Mm, you like it, it gives you the kicks. It's a bad spirit. Is evidence of a contentious spirit. You feel, you feel happy when a person is feeling bad, feeling guilty. You say, ah, yeah, I got you where I want you. So you prolong the things uh, and let the pe- you continue to remind the person, remind the person. When you see the person is coming out of it, small and then you. It is witchcraft, it's manipulation. They are all deeds of the flesh and repent in the name of Jesus. Repent. Repent. If you are here and you have that tendency, it is witchcraft. I'm telling you. It's witchcraft. You are trying to control the person. And I told you, witchcraft is all about control. Trying to control people. 
The person has said sorry. Let it go. The person has said I'm sorry. You pretend as if it's gone. And you see, most of the time when people are feeling guilty, it's like they're at your mercy. When you say this, you know, oh, eh, because they want to get back in, but they can't do it forever. You see, so when it stops like that, no, then you mere more small because you want to remote control them with your emotions. Jesus could have gone to Peter and said, I told you, I told you. And for the rest of the 40 days that he was there, Peter's face would have been down. But he didn't even mention it. The first time he met them, the Bible said he breathed upon them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. No time for unnecessary fights. Look, the Bible said fight the good fight. Your fights you are fighting, they are bad fights. Stop fighting them. Stop fighting them. They are bad fights, they are useless fights, they are fights that will not take you anywhere. They are fights that will just destroy your life and your relationships with people. Useless fights. Fight the good fights. There are better fights to fight. Hallelujah. There are better fights to fight. So they do not forgive easily. They do not forget. And they do not let go. Said a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. And contentions are like the bars of a castle. May those bars be broken down today by the power of the word in the name of Jesus. May you open yourself up for reconciliation in different aspects of your life. You'll be happier that way. Because the truth is that the Bible says if your brother has something against you and you bring an offering to church, take it back. That's what the Bible is saying. That's what God is saying. Church, if you bring, we shall take. Because we need <laughs> we need to use the money for the work of God. He <laughs> said, take it back. And the offering is not just money. Your worship is also an offering. Your praise is also an offering. He said, take it back. God doesn't want it. When you lift up your hands and you have a contention with somebody, that day your worship was useless. Your praise was useless. I'm not saying it. I'm preaching the word. I'm preaching the word. It's useless. So sometimes we are not seeing the effects of our worshiping God and we don't understand. It's because when you take one step forward, you take two steps backwards. It's like trying to fetch water with a basket. You fetch and fetch and fetch and it will never get full. If we can take care of these little, little things and block these little, little holes, we begin to see God manifest in our lives. Because God gives to us and we throw it away. Because we had not obeyed these little, little things, these basics. What's the time? What's the time? 10.29. I don't think I can finish. I've just done two. I have eight. I've been next week, you come to church. So, don't worry. Uh, today we have leaders meeting, so we have to do and close early. Number three, which is the last one I'll do for today. Saying sorry is difficult. Those with the contentious spirit. Hey, the sorry. How many letters? One, two, three, four, five. To open a mouth, sorry. It's hard. And most of the time, behind it is the spirit of pride. You're too proud to say sorry. You're too proud. So what people, those people usually do is that they pretend as if nothing happened and hope that time will heal it. 
Mm, this one, I'm dialing your number because you've done it before. Instead of just swallowing your pride and saying sorry. You see, people heal. People heal. But there's some healing that heals with scars. If you don't deal with the wound well, it will heal with a very bad scar. That's what happens with the healing that occurs without proper apologies. It may look like the surface. You know there are some wounds that the surface will heal, but under. It will look fine, but if you tap on this one, it is there. Just say sorry. Finish. Just say sorry. Come down from that high horse of yours. When you realize you have you have offended somebody, just go and say sorry. And you see, you don't only say sorry when you agree that you did the wrong thing. Some people, that's what they did. That, that if I don't feel like I've done the wrong thing, there's no need to say sorry. No. The mere fact that the person got offended by what you did, whether you meant it or not, is grounds for you to apologize. Yes. You don't have to agree. You may feel like the person is being petty. That the truth is that what is to you is gargantuan for somebody. So simply say sorry. Just say sorry. No, no, don't wait to agree. Now, mm, okay, now I understand where you are coming from. You want to end their sorry. End their sorry. End their sorry. That's actually that's how we say that. End their sorry. Uh, then, then, then sorry. They say the sorry, but they say they will say the sorry, but they say, uh, but me, mom, dear. I don't know. I, I just don't. I don't know. <laughs> it is not a sorry. It is not a sorry. You may not agree that it warrant that what you did warrants the person being hurt, but the fact that the person was hurt, if it's somebody you love, a friend, a brother, a spouse, say sorry for the hurt the person felt. That is it. Even if you are not apologizing for what you did, say sorry for what it caused the person. So today let that mentality change that I must I must accept my fault before I can apologize. It is a wrong mentality. You have hurt the person, the person is hurt. Whether the person is some way or the person is this way or the person is some type. Apologize. Because you see, the Bible says something. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. Let's see Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. Look at what the Bible is saying. It says, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempest flare. There's a way you deflect a person's anger by talking very gently. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, this is the, I didn't do well at all. It's like pouring water into the fire. Like that. And the demons are like, oh. I want to bring Papa to come and find the thing for you. Ah. You have come to pour water into it. You disarm the devil by just saying sorry. Even the apostle Paul, there was a time he said something to somebody and he realized that Charlie, this one, let's look at Acts chapter 23. Let's read from verse 1 to 5. Apostle Paul himself, this is somebody who raises the dead. Who are you? Wrote two thirds of the New Testament. 
The man who could live between the spirit and the flesh and he can't even tell where he is. Said as a man, I knew him, whether in the spirit or in the physical, I don't know. So there was a time he went to face the high priest, the Sahindri. He said, gazing intently at the high council, Paul began. He started his usual talking. Brothers, I have always lived before God with a clear conscience. Eloquent Paul. Instantly, Ananias the high priest commanded those close to Paul to slap him on the mouth. Hey, these high priests do they can't do things so. Has your mouth been slapped before? Modern day mothers, they don't do certain things. Ah. Adults are chatting. And you are sitting there. And you go and chip in. That day you have inflammation of the mouth. <laughs> inflammation of the mouth. Yeah. He was talking they instructed somebody to slap him a whole apostle slapping on the mouth and so the man got angry he said but paul said to him god will slap you so i could see from that is the pain <laughs> say you corrupt hypocrite what kind of judge are you to break the law yourself by ordering me to be struck like that? I don't know my abo man, I shouldn't bow. Say God will slap you. You see, this part that says you corrupt. Go back to the verse this um, three. Yes, another version says you whited wall. In fact, that's a very derogatory statement. Whited wall. Let me tell you, tell you what a whited wall is. Those days, they didn't have urinals like toilets like we do. So, they used to paint certain walls. Whitewash. Call it kalu or whatever it is. It's calcium carbonate or whatever. And you see, urine contains ammonia. That is what gives it the smell. And it reacts with the calcium carbonate and changes it to something else. So that the smell will be less. So people used to urinate on that wall, the whited wall. Paul, now no yeah, yeah. The guy ball. He said, you whited wall. Just say you. That you are standing, you deserve to be urinated upon. Useless man. <laughs> Verse 4. He said, those standing near Paul said to him, Do you dare to insult God's high priest? And look at Paul's reaction. Verse 5. He said, I'm sorry, brothers. I didn't realize he was a high priest. That means if he wasn't a high priest, I will even add some more to the insult. And then he now quoted a scripture. For the scripture say, you must not speak evil of any of your rulers. So because of that, I'm sorry. But if you were not a high priest, 
my prayer is that God will give you the grace to say sorry when you have to say sorry. Don't be stubborn. Don't hold on to things. Let things go. Deal with your anger and your life will be better. We'll continue next week. God bless you for blessed by this message. For more information, reach us on 024-873-7250 or on our Facebook page, The Overflow Worship Center. Stay blessed. Overflow! Someone overflow!